0: Hi, everybody. My name is Hafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. This is a quick message for all tech oriented translators and interpreters out there. Let me tell you a bit about App Sumo. It's pretty much a hub for different apps and online programs that can help you streamline your work and become more productive and efficient. They have solutions in different categories. Client management, marketing, productivity, sales, SEO, social media, and web development. In case you need help putting together a professional website that will make you stand out. They have different deals going on so you can pay just a fraction of what these apps and programs go for in the real marketplace. Make sure you subscribe to their newsletter so you can stay on top of the new deals and tools that are constantly added up to their list. Well, if you'd like to check out App Sumo yourself, go to this webpage bit.ly slash TC-app-sumo. It's easy to remember. TC for Translation Confessional, then App Sumo. Once again, the webpage is bit.ly ly slash tc dash app dash s-u-m-o. Hope you like it! Languages and personalities There is a language-related subject that has always fascinated me. Do bilingual people or polyglots change the way they talk, behave, and think according to the language they're speaking? My parents say that I sound different when speaking Portuguese or English. I can't quite hear it, but they've known me since I was a baby, so they must know what they're talking about. My husband always makes fun of the fact that I sound angrier or more aggressive in Portuguese than in English but it's more about the pace and tone of the voice than the actual content of the message. On the other hand, he also says that I act differently in each of my languages. I'm mostly all business when living in English and way more relaxed when living in Portuguese. I attribute that perception of his to how I spend most of my time speaking each language. I usually conduct business in English and have a tight work schedule while in the United States, And I mostly speak to friends and family in Portuguese, and now spend my time vacationing while in Brazil. His perception could be totally different if things were the other way around. And we lived and worked in Brazil and came to the United States just to relax and have a good time. One thing I know for sure is that I don't actually cuss as much in Portuguese than I do in English. My parents always frowned upon the use of dirty words around the house. So the most I organically say in Portuguese are the equivalents of poop, you know? In English, within the proper context and with the right audience, of course, I do drop some F-bombs here and there, which I don't actually feel comfortable doing in Portuguese because of my upbringing. There are also very offensive words in English that don't quite bother me because I acquired the vocabulary while learning my second language. The funny thing is, when I translate from Spanish to English and the original is peppered with slangs and dirty words, I feel way more comfortable doing that than I'd ever feel if I were translating either Spanish or English into Portuguese while using that kind of language and register. Come to think of it, because the Spanish I started consuming when I was a teenager was mostly from Spain, and they are deliciously creative when it comes to colorful language, I remember being among friends back in the day and getting the look when saying something dirty in Spanish. It was a very multicultural bunch Latin Americans, Spaniards, Russians, Germans. Because we all understood Spanish, The conversation was being conducted in that language. I let out a Que está de puta madre, verdad? And my friend's mom, who was visiting from Peru, gave me the same look that my parents would have given me if I had said something like that in Portuguese. I apologized and made a mental note to switch to something like Está padrísimo" or Está buenísimo." to keep my not-so-fluent Spanish as clean as possible. But because I don't organically think in Spanish, I tend to say whatever comes to mind in my real-time association, so that was the first expression I could think of to express myself in that moment. Hmm, that's some food for thought. Maybe I discourage myself from speaking Spanish because I don't really have an identity in that language. I never got to live in a Spanish-speaking country. These almost two decades here in San Diego are the closest I've ever got to being in a Spanish-speaking environment. Well, there's also the fear that I'll end up speaking Portoñol, which is like Spanglish, but for Portuguese and Espanol. Having said that, my Spanish-speaking and my Italian-speaking personas are non-existent, while I do feel very comfortable in my own skin when speaking either Portuguese or English. all that, because I didn't go to school to study linguistics, I majored in journalism back in the day, I never got around to reading more about this gut feeling about having a different persona when speaking a different language. This idea has only circled my head as an interesting thought, something drawn from my first-hand experience, not a concept supported by actual theories. However, as I was brainstorming new episodes here for Translation Confessional, serendipity struck again. I was taking a five minute break after completing my most recent task and started scrolling through Twitter to see what was up. That's when I came across a thread where translators were talking about this very same subject, and one tweet stood out to me. Italian translator Sonia De Martino. Mentioned she had written her dissertation in college about how someone's perspective changes based on the language they speak. This is actually called linguistic relativity, also known as Worfianism, after Benjamin Lee Worf, an American linguist who didn't come up with this hypothesis, but helped make it popular. The theory is also referred to as the Saper whorf hypothesis, giving credit to Edward Saper an anthropologist and linguist who was originally born in what was then referred to as the Kingdom of Prussia, but was raised in the United States in the late 1800s. I read a summary of Sonia's dissertation, and she says she wanted to write about the subject because she noticed a change in her own behavior while speaking a language other than her native Italian. She also works with Spanish and English. And, since I have all three as my working languages, I wanted to talk to her about the subject and learn more about her experiences. I interviewed Sonia to find out more about her dissertation, but also about her personal experience being an Italian living and working in Spain and what changes she had noticed in her language use and behavior as a polyglot. After the break, I'll bring you some snippets of my conversation with Sonia. For the full interview, head on over to YouTube and check out the video version of this podcast. If you're like most translators, you'd rather spend your time translating than digging through your inbox in different Excel files. But too many translators spend hours every week manually managing their jobs and clients. Invoicing, financial tracking, and keeping track of all your jobs doesn't need to be so time-consuming. In fact, you can do it easily from one, easy-to-manage platform made by and for translators. You can create and send quotes, manage your rates and services for each client, manage projects, and send invoices all from one place it automatically creates financial reports for you so you always know the health of your business. Ready to stop wasting time on admin and start spending more time translating? Try LSP Expert for free for 30 days. Just type lsp.expert into your preferred browser and use the code HAFa for 15% off a new yearly subscription. Once again, the code is R-A-F-A. Take control of your translation business admin today. Hi, Sonia. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to talk to me today. Uh, What time is it there? It's 3 in the afternoon. Yeah, it's 6 a.m. here. I just wanted to make sure my kids are still asleep so there's no noise in the background. And I have my coffee,
1: so I'm fully awake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell me a little about yourself so we'll know about your experience.
1: So, I graduated in 2016 in Italy in uh, translation and interpretation. Then I moved to Barcelona and I worked there in a translation agency as an account manager. And then, after a while, one year or so, I moved to Valencia, where I live right now, where I worked as project manager and in-house translator. Then, after a while, I was like, I need to pursue my dream. I need to be a freelance translator. So I did it. And now it's more or less one year and a half I've been freelancing. And this is pretty much my story as a translator.
0: <laughs> well, it's great that you had the experience to go from in house to freelancing because I'm sure you learned a lot on the job and then you could just uh, go and do it by yourself. I always love hearing stories like that.
1: And what language combinations do you do? I translate from English, Spanish, and Catalan.
0: Oh, okay. And all into Italian. Yes. Before I actually get to ask you the question that, you know, prompted me to invite you for this interview, I just wanted to say that I just love your voice (laughs) because I can hear the Italian, I can hear some Spanish, and I can hear a, a lot of the British English. So it's just fascinating how I can hear all your experience with languages and how you're talking to me right now. I love it. So I wanted to talk to you because um, I saw it on Twitter by chance. I was just, you know, killing some time and scrolling through. And then I saw this thread about personality and languages and fluency. And I saw your tweet about how you wrote a dissertation in college about exactly this subject. And it's fascinating to me. And I just wanted to hear more about it. So tell me um, how you came up with this idea to write about the subject and what you learned in the process. Uh, tell me uh, more about the, the theoretical part of it.
1: Yeah, it's called linguistic relativity or warfanism And it's um, the main topic of my, of my thesis. So I focused in my thesis on the perception of time, especially, but also uh, emotions were in, in the melting pot. And um, the thing is that it's not like, the people just changes completely personality, uh, but it changes the, the way we perceive reality. For example, one of the most interesting things for me in the thesis is the perception of time. There is a um, population in, in South America called Aymara, and they see the future behind them. All the, other, the world basically accepts them we see the future in front of us, but they, they think that the future is behind them because they don't know what is going to happen. Instead, the past is in front of them because they already know what happened and they see it.
0: Fascinating.
1: And so the linguistic relativity thinks that people change the way they see reality, especially based on the linguistic traits, on, on linguistic adverbs, for example, some differences between English and Spanish, um, in the case, we're talking about like much time or a long time. Long time, it's like uh, length. And in Spanish, they say mucho tiempo. It's like volume, like a lot in, in volume. So. That's
0: just incredible.
1: <laughs> this is more or less gist of the,
0: of the thesis that's when when I saw your tweet about it, I just had to talk to you because I've read some articles, but very superficially, I never got to study that. And people have tried to explain it to me from languages that I don't speak. So for example, there was this uh, Japanese to Spanish translator, and she was trying to explain to me how Japanese kind of sees time in a spiral. And it's not linear like we do in English and Spanish that you have the, the subject, the verb and the complement. So she was trying to explain to me. I kind of got the idea, but it's it's something I cannot practically understand because I don't speak Japanese. But it's amazing how um, different languages experience things differently.
1: Yeah. In fact, uh, when when I was thinking about the thesis, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do the thesis about. And then I I had an idea, and I was like, Wait a moment. When you speak in Spanish, you are way more outgoing than you are in italian how is that it's like it comes from a a personal experience
0: really and
1: it's true like nowadays that i live in spain it's like that my personality none of this changed completely but since i i switched the language i i am more um extrovert wow and i am introvert in italian for example mainly and when i go back home my family are like, "Whoa, what 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 happened? What what what
0: changed with you?" So your family actually noticed that you're more of an extrovert after living away, living in uh Spain, when you go back to Italy, they notice
1: that? Yes. When I live here, I only speak Spanish. I don't get to speak Italian. Now with COVID, I couldn't go back to Italy. Usually I go back every 3-4 months. So when I go back there, sometimes Uh, I still have some words that I cannot recall in Italian. And I'm like, oh, I'm speaking in Spanish. And and so, yeah, they notice that I'm more extrovert or uh, like changes.
0: Wow. My parents kind of made a comment like that, that I sound different in Portuguese or in English. My husband makes some jokes about that too. But I don't see that change in kind of the personality because I believe that I'm very introverted. I try to make an effort to talk to people and be more of an extrovert, but it just it's really uh exhausting sometimes when I go to conferences for example. I love spending time with my translator friends, but it's, you know, people are still dancing around and jumping up and down and I have no energy because it takes a lot out of me because I'm such an introvert. But it's it's just fascinating that you're telling me this. I really really like this idea of how the language shapes your surrounding. And sometimes you don't even notice it's people from the outside that see that difference in you. Yeah. And have you noticed anything else that is different? Or have they told you something else that is different about you since you started living in Spain and speaking
1: more Spanish? Hmm. Apart from the extrovert, also the way I speak with people. I shouldn't be saying this, but in in Spanish, for example, they used to say more palabrotas like bad words yes I know. and in, in italian we don't usually do that so that's this is a change that i noticed my mom is not very happy with it but hey <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's my exact experience but going from portuguese to english yeah i don't cuss a lot in portuguese because i wasn't brought up that way just you know to keep it clean but in English, yeah, I cuss a lot more. So my parents can identify some of the cussing words here and there when I'm speaking English, like to my husband and we are in Brazil. So yeah, they definitely uh, don't like that.
1: Yes. Well, in English, for example, I happen to be more polite. Like, in general, I'm very... I try to be very kind and polite with everybody. But in English, it's like that it gets to the next level. I don't know exactly why. It could could be. Like I've I've studied in, in Cambridge. It was only one one month I've went there to study English. I work in in English. Like basically with all my clients I speak in, in English. And yeah, it could be because it's like a more formal thing for me.
0: I can totally relate to that too because um I conduct business in English. So I talk to my clients and I talk to uh translators. Uh so it's funny because I feel more comfortable talking about translation in English. And in 2015, I went to Brazil to present at Abrache's, It's the Brazilian Translators Association. And I remember just, I was very nervous. I've done so many presentations in English, but it was the first time I was doing it in Portuguese. And I remember just telling people, hey, if I'm talking too fast, because I know that I talk faster in Portuguese than I do in English, just, you know, stop me. Don't worry about interrupting me if something's not clear. Because I was really nervous of just making that effort to talk about my daily activities as a translator uh, in Portuguese, because I mostly do it in English, so it's, it's just interesting.
1: Hmm. It happens the same to me,, like, but on, on the other side, like when I go back to, to Italy, I feel that I'm more comfortable speaking in Spanish than Italian. Like I have been living here in Spain since 2016 since I graduated so it has been like more or less five years and the thing is that now I'm so used to speak in Spanish my boyfriend is Spanish that now my Italian is still there of course I use it every day I try to, to watch tv series in Italian but I feel more comfortable speaking in, in Spanish
0: that's just that's just fascinating and how do you keep up with your Italian then, since uh, you're away from Italy for a long time? How do you keep up with your
1: native language? I try to uh, watch as many as possible TV series in Italian and also films in Italian. And I try to listen to podcasts or radio or even music in Italian so I, I, don't, I don't lose the fluency. Sometimes I even watch on, on Instagram, for example, stories. Influencers, they are Italian. I try to speak as much as possible with my Italian friends. I read in Italian, and of course, I need to switch from one to the other. Like ninety percent of my life, in Spanish. I really don't want to lose my mother language. Yes. I've heard from people that they are living abroad a lot of time. They started to lose their mother language. Mm-hmm. I cannot afford that, uh, being a translator. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I I try my best speaking as much as possible in Italian.
0: And that's the funny thing, because when I go to Brazil, my aunts and uncles, they're surprised that I still speak Portuguese, because it's been almost two decades now that I've been away from Brazil. But, yeah, I can't really lose my native language. That's what I do for a living. If I don't keep up with Portuguese, I will just not be able to work at all. Yes. And... What I do is the same thing that you said, uh, consuming a lot of the media from my native language so I can keep up with new slangs and new expressions. I have a lot of translator friends who actually give me more input uh, at the language level, not just as a Portuguese speaker, but someone that works with Portuguese. So it's great to just talk to them and pick their brain. I stalk them on social media (laughs) to see what they're talking about, what they're watching So I can try to consume the same kind of media and stay at the same level as they are. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your afternoon to talk to me because I really enjoyed the conversation. I really think that Translation Confessional listeners will enjoy too, because we went into a little bit of theory and a little bit of practice, and it's just fascinating to talk about the brain of bilingual people and the perception of reality and how we relate to our language and our surroundings so thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your knowledge with me
1: thank you a lot for having me it was so exciting for me as well and this is so interesting also knowing you and your experience and yeah thank you very much thank you ciao bye ciao ciao bye send
0: me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my Anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my Anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation confessional. I look forward to hearing from you.